Welcome to Golf Betting On Demand. I'm Rick Gaiman to take you through everything you need to know for this week's betting preview of the Farmers Insurance Open. But before we jump into that, we've got to look back to last week's American Express, which, oh man, uh, we were all over the leaderboard, but don't have much to show for it. So if you followed along, Andrew Landry at 200 to 1 ends up being your winner, uh, running away with it for a while. Now, he had a six-shot lead at one point in the final round, faltered a little bit. This is a, a birdie fest, so guys got back closer to him. He ends up holding on and winning this golf tournament for the first time since the 2018 Valero Texas Open. So Andrew Landry, against all odds, raises the trophy. Unfortunately, uh, we had bet Scotty Scheffler, who ends up uh, finishing in a tie for second here with Abraham Answer. And it's one of these situations where, you know, we had him at 33 to 1. He was the 36 hole leader with Ricky Fowler. Uh, things were going just swimmingly. And, and quite frankly, what we've seen from Scotty Scheffler when he was the 36 hole leader was a little bit concerning about would he be able to close it down. This is a guy whose first and second round scoring average has been great. His third and fourth round scoring averages have been some of the worst on the PGA Tour. So to see him at least stay in this thing, stay close, play well enough on the weekend is a great sign. That is what gets me uh, intrigued by Scotty Scheffler, that he's just constantly knocking at the door and he's going to break through and win at some point here in the future. Uh, our other bets that we had on the show, uh, Vaughn Taylor, 50 to one and a top five bet finished 43rd. It was a really slow start for Vaughn Taylor. Didn't have anything going after two rounds. He was on the, the cut line or outside the cut looking in. He goes out and shoots an eight under 64 on Saturday to make the cut. Remember it was a 54 hole cut. So he makes the cut plays well enough, but never really contended. Um, and then we also had Brendan Steele, 90 to one. He worked his way into the top 15 for a few moments on Sunday before making a double bogey. He ends up finishing in a tie for 43rd. Good to see he shot a 66 and a 67 in the second and third rounds. The now are for the real heartbreak. Sam Burns, I ended up making a Sam Burns top five bet at 80 to one. He finishes one shot out of that. Uh, obviously would have been a big payday for a top five. And the real one, um, I rarely bet doubles. So for those of you who uh, are wondering what a double is, it's basically where uh, you can parlay the winner of the PGA Tour, the winner of the European Tour, for example. I've seen triples, right? You bet PGA Tour, European Tour, and the LPGA, for example. Um, usually you do this with the favorites because they're more likely to win. And when you parlay two guys at 15 to 1 together or 15 and 20 to 1, you can still get a really good return on your money. I rarely bet these, but there was something really compelling about the numbers that I had seen on Monday early in the week on both Scotty Scheffler and Burned Weisberger, who was playing in the Abu Dhabi championship over on the Euro Tour. I bet both of them to win it. Uh, I, I parlayed them. Scotty Scheffler, 33, Burned at 40. And after three rounds, uh, Burned Weisberger was one shot off the lead in second place and Scotty Scheffler was in the lead after both of their third rounds. So I'm sitting here and if you reran the numbers, um, so what would have been a $10 bet to win 14,000 
If you rerun the numbers before Friday's round, or I'm sorry, before the final round, it would have only paid $66. It would have been six to one instead of, you know, 1300 to one. So really, uh, that was the big sweat. Unfortunately, uh, Weisberger doesn't do anything on Sunday. It was, he was never involved in it. He fades to a, a top 10, I believe. Um, so we didn't even really get into a situation where it would have been a, a compelling conversation to have about hedging and how we would have hedged the Scotty Scheffler side of it, probably with Andrew Landry at some point. But, um, you know, who knows what we would have done and what we would have decided. But a, a lot of really fun stuff there. Unfortunately, uh, had straight bets on both of them, had a double on both of them combined and could not make either happen. All right. On to this week because we've got a lot of action, a lot of interesting stuff here. Tory Pines, Farmers Insurance Open. This is in my backyard. I'm I'm close to Tory Pines. I'll be down there for two of the days, so I'll be on site checking out these guys uh, live in the flesh. It's always a great time down there. But there's a few things to remember. There are two courses at Tory Pines. There is the North Course and there is the South Course. Similar to the course rotation we got last week at the American Express. Every golfer in the field is going to play one round at each course. So they'll play the north and then the south or the south and then the north. And then on the weekend, when they make the regular 36 hole cut, top 65 in ties, that's your standard cut line, they will go back to the south course for the weekend. So if you play all four rounds, three of them will be at the south course. One will be at the north course. few things to note. The north course uh, while they've been making upgrades and making it more difficult, is still one of the easier courses out there. It played the fifth easiest course on the PGA Tour last season. The south course, much more difficult. And I can tell you from experience, uh, you hit a ball in the rough there. It's basically a, a one-shot penalty because the rough is so thick, so long, and so difficult. Um, it is the 18th most difficult course on the PGA Tour out of 49 last season. In fact, number 12 on the south course um, was the second hardest hole of all holes last year. It played nearly, uh, I think, like four-tenths of a shot over par. It's a very long par four. So there will be a test out there. This will not be a birdie fest like we saw at the American Express. You're going to have to go out and, hey, a par would be, will be a good score at times. Um, you know, hang, there will be bogeys that are going to be made. Now, historically, which is kind of counterintuitive, Every winner since 2011, except for Justin Rose, has played the South course first. It's a little counterintuitive because I actually think that getting out and starting on the North course and uh, getting off to a good start, knowing that you then get to play the South course three times in a row would normally, in your brain, uh, be a better draw, but that has not been the results. And we're only talking winners. We're not talking about everyone in general, but it is something worth noting. Uh, maybe if you go out and you shoot an okay round or a good round on the South course, knowing that you still have the North course has you licking your chops heading into um, that second round. So we'll see if that trend continues. The other trend that we've seen over the years in terms of winners is that they are the bigger names. They're the studs. So defending champion, Justin Rose, the year before that, Jason Day, John Rahm the year prior, Brant Snedeker won four years ago, who is obviously not like a stud name. This was a really crazy one. I encourage you to go back and watch the tape on this. This was the year where Sunday, the weather just went sideways and literally like 40 and 50 mile an hour winds, pouring rain. It was a nightmare out there. 
I believe Snedeker was like the only guy under par. I think he got out early, shot one under. The weather went nuts. Uh, like the average score was something really insane. There was plenty of guys in the 80s. Um, and then he ends up raising the trophy. And then the year before that is Jason Day again. So Jason Day's won this twice in the last five years. So we'll talk about him. But really, this is an event that the cream has risen to the top. You see the winners coming from the top of the betting board generally, and a lot of big names have hoisted the trophy at Torrey Pines on Sunday. So we're going to talk through those studs. We're going to talk through some veterans. We're going to talk through some young guys, some potential long shots, and a strategy for how to bet the Farmers Insurance Open. And we're going to start on the other side. season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL Access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. And that's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. It is the Farmers Insurance Open. This course, Tory Pines, of course, it is iconic. It's notable. We have all of the history here. You know, Tiger draining that putt on 18 um, to go to a playoff at the U.S. Open against Rocco Mediate. He ends up winning that. That was what? Oh my gosh, 10 years. I think that was 
2008, 12 years ago at this time. They This course will be hosting the U.S. Open next year, 2021. So like, if you think it's going to play hard this week, the South course, uh, I imagine they are going to ramp that bad boy up. Uh, there is the, the, the rough will be super long. The, the greens will be like putting on glass. It's going to be crazy. And this really is what a lot of people deem as like the unofficial start of the PGA tour season. There's a few main checkpoints in the PGA tour season. You know, when we actually start in the fall in, you know, October and we get our, you know, the Greenbrier, that's like the actual start of the FedEx cup standings. And then you get to the tournament of champions in January and people say, okay, that's the official start. And then you have this event which is kind of deemed the official start because you get so many big name players here. You're going to see Rory, John Rahm, Tiger Woods, Hideki Matsuyama, Jason Day, Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler. You get a cream of the crop type of field. And historically, one of those guys wins this event quite a bit. As I, as I rattled off to you, the winners, it also helps that Tiger Woods has won this seven times, but I think there's a few reasons for it. Again, a world-class golf course that bites back. You usually have to play really good golf for four days to win this event. And obviously, the better players in the world are more likely to play the best golf for four straight days. And then also, it's just the field composition. This is not a, a weak field by any stretch of the imagination. There are studs here and they're all battling. So when you get a field like this, it's very difficult for, you know, an Andrew Landry or someone like that to kind of sneak up from 200 to one and steal this thing. So let's start at the top of the betting board here and look at Rory McElroy at six to one. Quite frankly, there is nothing that you could say to knock Rory McElroy. He has six top tens in his last seven starts, including a win at the Tour Championship at the end of the 2019 year. Starting this season, a, a third place at the Zozo Championship. He won the WGC HSBC, and then he went over to the DP World Tour on the European Tour, which is their big finale event, and he finished fourth over there as well. Rory has historically not played this event. He's not played at Torrey Pines a lot. In fact, last year, is the only time he's ever played it. Uh, a top five finish, so it was a fifth place finish, is obviously a really good sign. The problem is, again, this is not a knock against Rory because he is easily the most likely to win this event. He could do it. I love it. He's so good. Betting him at six to one is really tough. And the reason for that is this is like the same number you get on him or DJ or someone at like the RBC Canadian Open, where they're the only guy in the field that can win this. So it's really hard to think, hey, do I have value this week in Rory at six when I can, I'm going to get Rory at five at the RBC Canadian or something like that, right? It's just really hard when this is the field headlined by 12 really legitimate golfers in the world to bet anyone at six to one, let alone Rory McIlroy. So I love Rory, very likely he wins it, but he's not gonna be getting my investment this week. And same kind of goes for a lot of these guys up here at the top. John Rahm is the next one. John Rahm's eight to one. I don't have anything negative to say about John Rahm. He's coming in, his last four events, he's got two wins, a second and a 10th. He's unbelievable. Uh, we've seen him play the Farmers Insurance Open three times. Fifth place last year, 29th, the year before. And oh yeah, he won this event. This was like his really first breakout win on the PGA Tour. Remember, he made a really long eagle putt on 18, putting back towards the water. 
uh, to kind of steal this away three years ago. And again, there is no knock here. He is an elite ball striker, uh, unbelievable off the tee. He's long. He does everything that you need to do to win here, but it's a price issue. It's eight to one. It's like if you're looking for someone who I just want to bet on one guy and I want to enjoy the week and, and have a chance to win this, like Rory and Rom are your guys. That's fine. I take a more systematic approach where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still, of course, betting for entertainment, but I'm keeping track of everything and I'm looking for value and I have a system that I deploy every single week. And these guys don't fit that system because they're so short. And there's, as we're going to talk about, other great names in this field. So for those guys, I really encourage you look at what your goals are for this week and what your goals are for betting in general. If it's, hey, have fun and root for somebody on Sunday, pick Ram or Rory. You have a great chance there. Uh, or you could pick Tiger Woods, who again will not be making my betting card this week, but he's here at 10 to 1. And seven wins here at Torrey Pines, including that 2008 US Open where they had to go to the Monday finish. Remember Rocco Mediate showed up on Monday in a playoff with Tiger wearing black and red? That was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. Um, Tiger goes out, beats him, captures the US Open. That was his last uh, major before he just won uh, Masters last year, right? So he had that like 11 year gap. This was it. This was the last one. And, you know, Tiger, I think Tiger's going to win multiple times. You know, he might win multiple times this year. He's playing great. We haven't seen a lot of him. Um, so this is going to be his first start since the Hero World Challenge and the President's Cup. And for me, I like Tiger like this, his second start in a month or his third start in five weeks or something like that where we've, you know, we've seen times here at Torrey Pines where it's a little chilly in the morning. He's got an early tea time. It's a little chilly. Can't get the back going. Um, you know, he's got two, he's got like a 20th and a 25th in the last two years, but he's missed some cuts here previously. Like it, it, it's, it's kind of a difficult spot for him. I'd like to get him later in the year, Bay Hill, hot and humid from the start. Uh, I've seen him play a couple of weeks. That's the tiger that I want to be investing in. Not this one here at 10 to one at Torrey Pines. Now, those are like the top guys, right? And, and Justin Rose is here. And, uh, but I think there's a value in when we start getting to the next tier of golfers here. So the two that I'm interested in, uh, Xander Shoffley at 18 to one. So here's the run we've seen from Xander over the last, uh, handful of starts. Second at the tournament of champions. Second at the WGC, that was a second place to Rory, and 10th at the Zozo, which is the event that Tiger ended up winning. There's few guys that have played that well. You're talking Rom and Rory, basically, of like the last three or four starts, who's been better? Xander's right there. Now, what I love about Xander, he does it all. He gains nearly in every single category across the board, and I don't think people realize how good he is off the tee. Or I guess I should say how long he is off the tee. He was 24th on tour in driving distance last year. And this is a long course. It plays very long. The problem with Xander is he can get a little loose at times. His driving accuracy, not always the best, which I have to admit can kill you around Torrey Pines if you're playing out of the rough constantly. He does have a 25th place finish last year, but he missed the three straight cuts before that, which is really... Interesting. Xander's a San Diego kid, like literally went to Torrey Pines High School. Uh, 
he knows the area. He's probably played this this course a million times. It's weird that he doesn't find success here. And maybe it is some of, um, we actually talked about this with the President's Cup where these guys get to, you know, the U.S. team got to travel to Australia, didn't have to deal with a lot of ticket requests or family and friends or anything like that. Maybe Xander is coming home to San Diego, running into an issue with having a lot of obligations and meeting up with people and getting tickets and golf is not necessarily the top thing on his mind. I'm going to risk it. I, you know, I think that even over the course of the last two or three years, we have seen Xander take his game to an entirely another level. We've seen him uh, compete in the world's biggest events. We've seen him run down guys from behind. We've seen him win from the, like we've seen Xander do everything. There are no question marks about his game. He's a top 10 player in the world. So when you give me a top 10 player in the world in his own backyard at 18 to one, that is where I really start to get excited. So I'm going to start my betting card here with Xander at 18 to 1. We're going to get into the middle guys, the veterans, the young guys, some long shots, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll get started uh, with, I'll give you a little teaser, Gary Woodland, very intriguing, right after these words. season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL Access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. Farmers Insurance Open. Torrey Pines. This place is a world-class facility. A great viewing uh, spectacle, right? I mean, and and also just one of the most beautiful plots of land you've ever seen. If if this golf course didn't exist and you just stood on the land of where it is, you would be in awe. And then on top of that, they built a world-class, iconic golf course, uh, it's really remarkable stuff. So I'm excited to get down there, see it in person, and uh, have a little fun on the weekend. And I'm super stoked for that 2021 U.S. Open, which uh, you know who's going to get to defend his title. Well, I guess he won't because <laughs> because Gary Woodland won the U.S. Open last year. Unless he wins it again this year, he will not be defending it uh, in 2021. But Gary Woodland is the guy that I want to talk about for this week because – I think he's, um, I don't know how sneaky he is, but Gary Woodland sits here at 22 to one. And we're starting to get to the range of golfers, you know, here with kind of like Hideki. Like, I don't know how much deeper we can go that we're actually going to find a winner. Uh, I mentioned it's, it's really the studs that win this golf tournament. And we're really starting to get to the end of the guys that I would consider having a realistic chance of winning this. If someone else wins it, you're probably talking less than, you know, one or 2%, something like that. But this is really where I think we're, we're going to get a lot of our winners from if we simulated this tournament a thousand times. Um, what I like about Gary Woodland is this course sets up especially the South course sets up so well for what Gary Woodland and his strengths are. 
Gary Woodland is the sixth longest in driving distance uh, on tour. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. In the field. My bad. In the field this season. Sixth longest in the field. And fourth most accurate. That is obviously a deadly combination. And when you are playing a course that requires the most elite off the tee game, and that is going to be what separates a lot of these guys when we get to Sunday afternoon, who raises the trophy is probably going to be the guy who hit a lot of fairways along the way because it is death if you're missing the fairway around here. Gary Woodland does both of those things very well. Additionally, he makes a lot of birdies, like a lot of his birdie or better percentage is always amongst uh, one of the highest rates on the PGA Tour. And this is a really good spot to be able to do that. You know, you're not going to have to make 30 of them or 40 of them to win this thing over the course of the week. But being able to go low, take advantage of this of the North course when you get over there is going to be critically important. So Gary Woodland, 22 to one, I like a lot. And I think that's probably now we've rounded out the type of guys that I think can win this. So when we start to get into some of the longer shots, you're going to hear me talk a lot about top five, top 10, top 20 matchups, things like that, because you're really falling off a cliff of what I believe to be the largest percentages of win equity at the top of the betting slip. Now, if you need any more convincing on Gary Woodland. Let's look at his recent run. Uh, seventh place at the Tournament of Champions. That's a 34-man field, but it's a stacked field. Seventh at the Hero, 18-man field, but again, pretty stacked field. Fifth at the Zozo, much better. T-third at the CJ Cup, and his last four starts here. Ninth, 12th, 20th, and 18th. No worse than a 20th place finish in his last four starts, which makes sense. This is a course that really sets up well for him, and he's proven it. Taken advantage. I'm hoping that he can kind of move towards, hey, I, this isn't a top 20 event for me anymore. This is an event that I can actually go out and win. So I imagine in all formats, in one and done, in fantasy and whatever, uh, Gary Woodland will probably be pretty popular this week, and he should be. Someone that I don't know what his popularity will be, Jason Day. Um I've already seen I've seen him at 27 to 1. I've I saw him open at 22 to 1 and fall to 27, and I've seen other books have him at 40 to 1. I'm not touching any of those numbers. The only thing that you could be ever interested in about Jason Day for this week is the fact that he has absolute elite course history. He's a two-time winner, and he has added a fifth place to that over his last five starts here. I get it. It's huge. But to me, I don't think that guys who are playing poorly just happen to show up somewhere and say, I have really good vibes here. I'm going to go out and find success. If you're not finding success on the course before that, I don't think you are able to just flip a switch. And historically, you know, we haven't seen a lot of that. We see a lot more guys who are playing poorly coming in and continue to play poorly than guys who are playing poorly coming in and just flip a switch and go out and, and do something well. Now, Here's, here's the latest run from uh, Mr. Jason Day. So he missed the cut at Mayakoba. Then he withdrew from the President's Cup. So again, we're talking about the same things over and over with Jason Day. It's the back, it's the ankle, it's the whatever. Never seems to be all that healthy. You get here where if you're trying to loosen up the back, uh, mornings in La Jolla, California at this time of year, 
they're going to be chilly, man. Like you're, they're going to be, these guys are going to be on the driving range, um, at seven o'clock and it's going to be 45 degrees. Of course it'll warm up, but it's hard to get the back going. We've seen it time, time and time again. The other issue that I have, Jason Day is statistically no longer the player that he once was. Let's just be frank about that. He was 106th in driving accuracy last season, which is going to destroy you at Torrey Pines to be hitting out of the rough constantly. He was also falling off. He's not as long as he used to be. He was only 38th on tour in driving distance. So for me, this is a big red X, red flag. I don't know if I'll be able to bet Jason Day, uh, quite frankly, ever. I, I don't know if he's got another win in him, and I'm certainly not going to do it at a place where I'm paying up for his elite course history. If Jason Day returns to the Jason Day that we knew from, oh God, 2017, even 2018, he can win anywhere. So I don't need to pay the price at Torrey Pines because that's where he's seen all of his success. Ricky Fowler, 27 to 1. Same number as Jason Day. So intrigued by this guy because you know, he can't close out a win. He's got like nine or 10, 36 hole leads. He's only converted on like one of them. Uh, it just seems to always be faltering on the weekend. So I'll just say right here, I don't think that I will be betting him, but if you are in a situation like a one and done, like uh, a fantasy team that you would want to be a little bit contrarian, here's your guy. Here's your elite talent that if he goes out and wins, you're going to be the only person to be owning him. Now, I do think there is something to the perception of his finish last year or last week, excuse me, 10th place finish, which if you told us that before the week started, we'd probably be like, okay, Ricky Fowler, you know, he was the favorite finished in a tie for 10th. Like that was reasonable, but the way he did it, which is 15 under in the first two rounds, uh, you know, can't do anything wrong. And then again, to fade on the weekend is tough. If he started out slow and charged on the weekend to a, to a T10, everyone would be betting him this week. So it's tough to do, but um, the 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 course history around here, this might not be a good fit for Ricky Fowler. So he, last five years, 66th, missed cut, missed cut, missed cut, 61st. So he's not for me, but I do think there is something of just being an elite talent. If he can figure this out um, and win this week, like, you know, again, not for betting because it doesn't matter how many of us have him. But for some, th- some other pool, you might be in a one-and-done fantasy leagues. He makes for a much more compelling option, but he will not be getting my investment at 27-1. to 1. Let's turn our attention a little bit to the young guns. Um, we talk about some of these guys, but they're, they're worth noting, especially this week. And what we've seen around Torrey Pines is not only the big boys, I couldn't think of the word, the big guns, the studs win here. This is a course that you need to learn because it is very tricky. Uh, Not only are the greens putting like glass, but they're very, very deceptive. And again, I'll tell you this from experience. They're very deceptive. Every putt goes to the ocean. And that is easy when you talk about it like that. But at the same time, there's a lot of putts that look like they're going away from the ocean and still go to the ocean. And it's a real mind trip. So it, if you have a lot of local course knowledge, if you have found success here in the past, you tend to continue that success because you know those little intricacies. It's actually similar to the greens around Augusta where they have all these little things 
that you just have to play and you just have to hit and you just have to do, uh, you know, get into your muscle memory, into your brain, how they're going to work. Uh, same thing around Tory Pine. So Colin Morikawa, 33 to one, someone I love, someone that I was huge on at the Sony. We bet I played him in fantasy. I played him in my one and done. He finished 21st there. He finished seventh at the tournament of champions. But again, here's my issue. 31 to one, 30 to one, whatever number you can get on Colin Morikawa is probably a number you're going to get on him a lot of different times this year. I mean, he was, I think he was 18 at the Sony. But that's a super weak field. When you start getting into some of these other courses uh, and some of these other tournaments, he's going to be 30 to 1. I don't think you need to bet him at 30 to 1 at a course that is so dependent on your experience. If we go to like the John Deere Classic or some of these newer events, the Rocket Mortgage, the 3M, and, and Morikawa's in the field, that's another place that I would probably just much prefer to roster or, or own or play or bet or whatever. Colin Morikawa, not here where you're going to find a lot of these really, um, you know, successful veterans who have walked, you know, looped Tory Pines, uh, countless times. I don't think this is the spot to bet Colin Morikawa. And it's, it's kind of the same mentality that I have with a lot of these young guys. Seeing Torrey Pines for the first time does not usually lend itself to a whole ton of success. We haven't seen guys in their first start come out and win here, but even outside of winning top fives, top tens, like you're generally seeing more established names or guys that have played around here uh, countless times. So that is who I'm going to be focusing my attention on throughout the entirety of this betting board. And I think it is well justified. All right. I want to talk more about some young guys and I want to talk about veterans and long shots. And we're going to do that right after these words. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. And we wrapped on the other side talking about uh, Colin Morikawa. And I want to kind of continue that trend a little bit with some of these younger guys and and look to someone who had great success last week at the American Express, the guy that could have won us all the money, Scotty Scheffler. Looking forward to this week, 37 to 1. And the knock against Scotty Scheffler, in it, there's very few knocks, but the knock against him in his young career has been the fact that he's played the first two rounds beautifully. And then has struggled on the weekend. Now, the American Express played a lot better on the weekend, kept himself in contention, played really well, improved a lot of those uh, small sample size statistics, which I'm hoping is leading to confidence, is leading to Scheffler knowing he can put himself in these big spots and he can hit shots. He made an eagle on, I want to say it was 16, it's the par five, where he went driver, five iron to like seven feet and buries the putt. That kept him in the golf tournament last week and gave him actually at the time a legitimate chance to win the golf tournament. I think he was one shot back. 
That's the stuff I want to see from Scotty Scheffler, not him fading. Now, with all that being said and heaping all of the praise that I can on Scotty, I don't think I can do it this week. It's really just a lack of experience around Tory's situation. I'm going to wait. I'm going to get this number on him in better situations. I'm going to pass. But if you're interested, third place at uh, the American Express, fifth at the RSM, and third at Bermuda. He's piling up top fives already. It's a legit thing that Scotty Scheffler is going to be winning early and often on the PGA Tour, and I'm here for it. I'm going to count Cam Smith as a young guy because he's in my young guy section here. I'm seeing him at 30 to, I'm sorry, 37 to one, uh, is the book that I saw him at 35 to one. I've seen 40 to one. I've seen. And what is really exciting about Cam Smith is that he has gained strokes T to green in eight of his last nine tournaments. And if you know anything about me, that T to green game, that is really the stat that I love looking at because Putting is so crazy. It's so volatile. It's all over the place. I'm just going to take my chances with ball strikers and guys that can put themselves into position. And if they ride, if they catch a hot putter, they can ride that to victory. So not only has he gained strokes T to green in his last nine, in eight of his last nine starts, he won the Sony Open two weeks ago. And generally in this world of handicapping, fantasy, whatever you want to do, we don't usually back someone the first year, the first week after their win, but we had the week off. Cam Smith gets to deal with all the media. Um, you know, he gets to come back, get, get kind of his, his feet underneath of him. Didn't have to play right after the Sony Open. He took the week off last week. So now he gets to Tory, you know, feeling good, not having to play immediately after a win. And this is a place that he's had really good success. Last three seasons. Ninth place, 20th place, and a 33rd. He actually is, uh, we only have shot link data, which means strokes gain data on the South course, but he is one of the leaders. Like when you sum this up for the last three years, few guys, I don't think anybody gains more strokes um, total than Cam Smith has. So really impressive stuff. Uh, clearly at like probably the pinnacle of his career to this point so far with the win at the Sony Open, played well enough at the President's Cup. This has been a really good run for Cam Smith, and I'm trying to just kind of parlay that into something for this week. So again, I I don't know if he can win it because this is such a, a packed field, but top five, probably a good value on Cam Smith as those numbers start to leak out. So uh, very interested in investing in him in some form or fashion this week. Another guy, Matt Wolf. Uh, we talk about a lot and I think I mentioned, I believe I mentioned it last week that if you just generally fade, just, just avoid Matt Wolf, um, you'd probably be right more than you're wrong. But this kind of is the situation I want to get him at. So he's 60 to one. He faded uh, at the end of the American Express after making the cut, but he does have three top 18 finishes in his last five starts. What I like about Wolf is that his key skill set, that driver, the off the tee game where he is elite, very elite, gaining over a stroke off the tee per round, that's the skill set you need around Torrey Pond. So even though he lacks the experience, I'm buying into a bit of the skill set that is so critically necessary at a course and a guy who is so good at that skill set. Almost like you could make the argument for other guys like that, right? Like Cam Champ. Now, Cam Champ is way worse of a golfer than Matt Wolf is, but um, this is a good number on a guy that theoretically should be able to tame a lot of Tory Pines. Now, he still has to hit 
His second shot, he still has to putt, but Wolf should be able to tame a lot of this course. A couple of veterans, a couple of guys that um, we've seen around the ranks, not necessarily these young guys. Phil Mickelson, 80 to 1. Wow. Coming off of being the tournament host at the American Express. You know, he had such good history over there. He had so many top fives. He had won that event twice in its history. And he misses the cut and he played so poorly along the way. You know, we've talked about Phil almost every single week that he's played. We talked about him in the preview show. I'm not sure Phil's ever going to win again. And I hate to say it. I'm just not sure about it. I just find, I cannot find anything to intrigue me about Phil's game. He is quote unquote hitting bombs which at this point, he's just one yard longer than he was last year. And his putter has fallen off a cliff and his world ranking has fallen off a cliff. He <laughs> he was 17th in the world after he won it at Pebble Beach almost a year ago. We are probably, what, three weeks away from the anniversary of his win. He was 17th in the world. He's 82nd this week. He hasn't had a top 10, like a top 20, I don't know since when. Um it's just an absolute free fall of results for him. The stats are in an absolute free fall. There is no reason to think he's going to be able to turn it around. There's really not. And it's not, a, I, I hate to say it, it's not a knock against Philly. He's great. But it, there's nothing to show signs of life here. To put this into perspective a little bit, um, the other guys who are near fill in the world rankings are and are in this field are Rory Sabatini and Lucas Glover. They're both like between 75 and 85 in the world. Phil's 82. They are both in this field. They have both had much better success in the last 18 months and maybe 12 months. And they are both longer odds than Phil Mickelson in this event. You are paying for the name Phil Mickelson, even at 80 to one. Even at 80 to one, you're paying for the name. So no, I will not be investing. And I'm not sure I will be investing in Phil um, potentially ever again. I mean, we're kind of at that point where it would be very difficult to to bet Phil. There's a, probably a good chance he doesn't win. Keegan Bradley's here at 90. And Keegan is a guy that we usually talk a lot about as first round leader um, because it's hard for him to put four rounds together. He's one of the best round one players in the world. He's okay in round two pretty terrible on the weekends, but he's playing better. 12th place finish at the Sony, and we've seen him find success here in the past, a fifth in 2018 and a fourth in 2017, which makes a lot of sense because Keegan is one of the elite uh, total driving guys. So when you take the ranking of your driving distance, you take the ranking of your driving accuracy and you put them together, it, it is called total driving. And Keegan is always one of those guys, which means he's long and he's straight. So again, going back to that Matthew Wolf argument where you have to tame the most difficult aspect of Torrey Pines, which is probably the off the tee aspect, Keegan can do that. So he's at least going to put himself into a position there. Now, we know he can't putt, so we're going to require and ask Keegan to uh, get hot for a putter, for a, get his putter hot for a week or even just putt neutrally, but he does tame the most difficult portion of this course, which is somewhat exciting for a guy at 90 to one that has had success here in the past and has had success recently. So top five, top 10, um, maybe he can backdoor his way into those types of situations, but should be able to uh, keep it going for a bit this week. We, I don't see any quick ejections out of him. Long shots. 
These are the guys that I'm really, again, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to win from down here. I don't think when we're into the hundred, we're not asking for winners. We're asking for top five. We're asking for top 10. That is really a reasonable assumption and a reasonable ask out of some of these guys. Like same thing we did last week, Sam Burns, we got it 80 to one on a top five. That's beautiful numbers. Now he finished one shot off of that, but those are the types of guys that we're looking for. So Joel Damon, he's a hundred to one outright. So waiting to see what his top five number is going to be, top 10 number is going to be withdrew from the American Express Express before it started, which is not always a good sign, but it's not necessarily a bad sign. These guys are independent contractors. They don't have to tell us if there's an injury. They don't have to tell us whether it's the flu. They don't have to tell us whether they just didn't want to go into the desert and play this event. We have no idea, but Joel Damon, statistically gains in all of the strokes gain categories except putting. That is usually a pretty good sign for someone like me. And look at his results already in this young season. So when we go back to the fall side of the year, ninth place at the Shriner, sixth place at Mayakoba, and then just two weeks ago, a 12th place at the Sony Open. So Joel Damon already putting himself near the top of leaderboards three times in this PGA Tour year. He finished ninth here at Torrey Pines, Last year, which makes sense because he does do what we've been talking about. He hits the ball well off the tee. He hits his approach as well. He can get up and down for par. His around the green game is usually fairly strong. Get a, get a hot putter for a week and see Joel Damon at, you know, the first page of the leaderboard, top 10, something like that. That's where I'm probably going to be investing in Damon and also in the rest of these guys uh, that I want to talk about, which namely is, uh, we'll start here with Taylor Gooch. Gooch is 100 to 1 outright, same odds as Joel Damon. And oh man, this was a really good one. I had I had Gooch exposure in uh a lot of my fantasy lineups. Finished 17th last week, but he was flying up the leaderboard on Sunday. He had one of the best rounds of the day on Sunday before I want to say he hit one. Um there's a par three where he hit his shot, it hit off the rocks, bounced over, actually landed on it's it came to rest almost came to rest on land then rolled back down into the rocks he had to take a penalty it was almost really good luck almost very fortunate it did not end up working out for him but 17th place finish is great um he's a great ball striker which we know about gooch which is one of the stats that i really really like and he's made seven straight cuts he's been very solid Tory Pines has been a place that he's found success, including a third place finish last year. So Gooch is right back in my wheelhouse, right back on my radar. You know, outside of an unlucky double coming down the stretch last week, we're probably talking about him finishing fifth or sixth at the American Express instead of 17th. And then finally, this one's really long. Tim Wilkinson. Um, he, I see him at 450 to one, meaning his top five and his top 10 number are going to be very long still. I'm not a huge fan of Tim Wilkinson, but if you look at this, he is four straight cuts made. Um, someone that we saw a lot on the Corn Ferry Tour last year, he earned his way up from the Corn Ferry Tour. And he's usually the opposite of what I like, which means he's a, a short game specialist. He plays well around the greens. He uh, putts very well. I usually don't like that. But Torrey Pines, having to get up and down for par at times, it's going to come in handy. But the real play here for me is just the price. The guys that he is priced against are are real scrubs. I mean, guys that are losing massive, you know, guys that have missed like 10 straight cuts. We're not talking about Tim Wilkinson 
who's made four in a row. He's the one outlier in that range. I'm comparing him against his peers. He might not be mispriced, but he's mispriced against the guys that he is sitting with. All right. On the other side, I'm going to give you my actual exposure and bets so far uh, this week, and we'll talk through the strategy of who we actually want to invest in. So I'll talk to you after these words. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand, and it's time to dive into my actual betting slip, Rick's betting slip. We've been very, very close uh, in this 2020 year. We did pretty well in 2019. We've been very, very close in 2020, but almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. So we are going to make up for that this week and see if we can find a winner or two. So as I mentioned, I want studs. I want guys that can legitimately win this thing. I'm not betting outrights probably deeper than 25 to one. So I'm going to try to maximize my exposure to those guys that I think can actually win this. And then I'm going to anybody longer than that. I'm looking at top five and top 10. Additionally, because there is a two course rotation and I noticed this last week as well, the books have a difficult time computing for this. So when you get someone who goes out and shoots like four under at the South course and still has the North course you know, the easier side, licking their chops. Um, that's someone that the, the books don't usually give enough credit to, and you can usually get at longer odds. So I will be looking at some of the live betting options as we go. So I only have three bets in right now. Xander Shawfleet, 18 to one. I just cannot believe he's not had any more success here at Torrey Pines. That lack of success from a San Diego kid who grew up in the neighborhood is probably leading to his price being at 18 to one instead of shorter than this, because we've seen him win any event in any field. He's been awesome. He's a top 10 player in the world. I'm getting him at eight to one. And that feels like a really good value for someone who can actually win the golf tournament. I've also already bet Gary Woodland at 22 to one. Gary does everything I need from Torrey Pines. He hits it long and he hits it straight. He's got four straight top 20s around here. He's putting himself in contention. He is probably one of the last guys in this field that I think has, you know, a legitimate shot to win this golf tournament. So what I opted to do was take both of those guys instead of one bet on Rory or one bet on Rom. So I took two guys over one, hoping that they give me a couple extra chances to win. And then I took Cam Smith in a top five action because I think he's played really well here and I think he still has genuine upside. That's it. I'm going to keep my eye on uh, the live betting board and see what else develops, but this is going to be a great week. I'm excited to hear who you are on. Don't forget, tweet me. I'm at Rick Run Good. I'm looking to run good this week and I hope you do too. 
This has been Golf Betting On Demand, and I'll talk to you next time.